0: It's changed the way we watch video, redefined, going viral, challenged governments, and even launched the career of Justin Bieber. Today, YouTube, now owned by Google, has more than a billion users uploading 300 hours of video every minute. It all started a decade ago with a trip to the zoo. And one of the founders says he's not quite done changing the way we're entertained. Joining me today on Studio 1.0, YouTube co-founder and former CEO, Chad Hurley. Chad, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: In 2005, you guys activated the URL YouTube.com, right? right? On Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day. Yes, so romantic. Describe the last 10 years.
1: Well, uh, you know, for me, it's it's obviously surpassed all of my expectations. We were really just simply trying to solve a problem for ourselves and our friends. How do you share videos that were sitting on your desktop? And uh, just by observing our own problems and coming up with a a simple way to to re-encode these videos and allow people to share these videos on the web kind of unlocked the potential for everyone else as well.
0: The very first video on YouTube really was one of you guys going to the zoo.
1: The cool thing about these guys is that they have really, really, really long um,
0: problems.
1: It's not a cat video, but it's not bad. <laughs> 18
0: uh, million views, yeah. almost 19 million views.
1: Yeah. So, so really, uh, that video and many others we were in uploading internally to test the system. And uh, yeah, shortly after that, started receiving quite a few other uploads from around the world. So, who's that? Uh, that's Javin. He was uh, one of the three of us that, that started the site. There's also uh, Steve Chen. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately Javan decided to, to leave the company before we actually launched the service or had a chance to raise funding. He decided to go back to school to Stanford. But it's really then me and Steve's uh, journey after that, after raising the funds. and than kind of riding this wave of, uh, of video and trying to deal with the growth and eventually ending up at Google.
0: You grew up in Pennsylvania, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. That's you correct. studied design there. Yes. Um, what kind of kid were you growing up?
1: I wouldn't say I was the most academic child growing up, but I was curious about things. I, I really enjoyed art and for me kind of just growing up, kind of dabbling, I guess, you don't necessarily need to be an engineer to start, have a startup. You just have to have someone, be someone with ideas um, and you have to follow through with kind of creating something that others can relate to. And So I, for me, you know, art and startups aren't too, too different.
0: So how did you end up in Silicon Valley?
1: Uh, I, I read about a small startup beaming money through Palm Pilots. Uh, at the time, the, the company was called Confinity. And they had a, a Palm Pilot product called PayPal. I just recently gr- graduated from college. I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. Uh, So I was sitting at home and simply wrote them an email um, because on their website they said they were looking for a web designer and so I had the design background. Luckily enough for me they responded and about a week later I was out here in Silicon Valley working for them. And Um, the rest is history. uh, The rest is history but I needed to find a place to live. That was the first challenge for me. Uh, When I moved out here in the summer of 99 you couldn't even find a place to live so I had to sleep on someone's floor for Because a there
0: were so many people here coming for the Silicon Valley Yeah, during, during the
1: dot-com boom.
0: Now, as I understand it, you designed the very first PayPal logo that they still use to this day. Is that correct? Um,
1: I think they've, they've changed it over the years. But yes, I, I was responsible for logo design, website design, the app.
0: But do you see your design in the PayPal logo today? I mean, like it's an iteration on what you did, yes. what you did right? Yes. Yes. It is. Of course. What sort of determined how everyone in the PayPal mafia ended up going their separate ways, and and how did you and Steve end up
1: together? After I left PayPal, I'd meet up with Steve and a few other engineers, and we'd meet for coffee on University Avenue, and uh, everyone had, at that time, a digital camera that had a video mode. Uh, This was sort of right before uh, cameras took off and cell phones, but people had video files on their desktop that they couldn't share, including ourselves. How would we make it as easy as sending an email? so that's really what inspired us. <laughs> this was
0: 2005, before smartphones, really, before high-speed internet was the norm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How difficult was it to get this off the ground?
1: I, I think because we we knew not, nothing about video, we weren't scared about getting into it. I think the same thing with PayPal and payments. I think if we realized how much fraud and how many you know, other things hoops we'd have to dr- jump through in terms of uh, the finance industry, uh, probably would have never started the project. The so same with with video dealing with with bandwidth and hosting and streaming issues. So because of that, we were able to hit kind of the video market just at the right time when people were getting broadband, when people were getting the devices in their hands. And we were, I guess, in the right place at the right time.
0: You sold to Google the next year, right? So it was only like 18 months. Yes, 18 months. For $1.65 billion.
1: It was a rocket ship, and uh, it continued to be uh, kind of this, this journey this, uh, that we're, we were just kind of holding on for our lives. Um, even after we became part of Google, if anything, things just accelerated from there. Obviously, we had more resources, but uh, at the time we sold, we only had 67 people within the company. Um, we had probably two or three um, engineers, IT guys that would run around the, the country maintaining our three um, data centers. At the time, we didn't, you didn't have the luxury of just plugging into Amazon Web Services or something. We'd, you actually have to go out and build your own machines. Um, and beyond that, we were threatening basically to, to both sides of the industry, both the internet industry, the Googles, the Yahoo's, and the Microsoft, want to kind of control, uh, con- continue to, to retain their control. But then you also had the media world, uh, traditional media world, uh, the studios, the labels. Um, and others wanting to kind of retain control of of distribution. So they were attacking us, us of not doing the right things around copyright, when in reality we're building all the tools, more tools than any of our competitors and more policies from day one than anyone else to deal with all of these problems and actually eventually create solutions for them where they could monetize this. Music industry earns billions of dollars off of YouTube on an annual basis now. Uh, But with all of of these people looking at us, And for us, just struggling to kind of keep things up and running, we had no other choice, really. At the end of the day, to be acquired by someone. Mm -hmm. And uh, for us, we were lucky enough to kind of be acquired by Google, who, in my mind, kind of took a chance on us. Um, And that really, YouTube probably wouldn't be here today or what it is today without their support. So I'm really thankful that we ended up there.
0: So you felt you had to sell?
1: Oh yeah, I I I have no doubt that if we tried to have. go alone, um, that we would have been eventually crushed by lawsuits or just not being able to scale. We would have loved to have remained independent. and We wanted to see what we could do to, to kind of go IPO and remain independent, but other forces didn't allow us to do so. So
0: what was it like transitioning over to Google?
1: One of the things that Larry and Sergey, and especially Eric, told us when they first met us, they, they said, you know, continue to run this yourself, continue your culture. We just care about growth and really just let us know if anyone gets in your way.
0: Now until more recently, there was always a question about how YouTube was going to make money. What was so hard about it? What was so hard about building it into a business?
1: I think people were, were just internally or even externally looking for, you know, this, this big answer. This, this, you know, there has to be something other than just another video on top of a video. At the end of the day, I think it is just all about targeting. It's all about providing choice to the viewer. And there's going to be more than enough mo- ways to monetize the site, just looking at traditional means of advertising. But uh, people are always looking for this, this bigger answer. And they, I still think they continue to this day.
0: You stepped down as CEO in 2010. Why did you leave?
1: I just, I just wanted new challenges. And I mean, I just felt like YouTube was in great hands and that we had really seen things through as a business uh, that there were all these doubts when they first acquired us, but I felt by the time I left that a lot of those doubts were answered and that it really had turned into a true business for Google.
0: How much do you think you, YouTube is handicapped by not having its founders there?
1: I think that, uh, again, YouTube had, has done the right things. I think they'll continue to do the great things. I think what YouTube is dealing with today is, is more competition, um, just because video is ubiquitous now. At the end of the day, I think it's just about YouTube diversifying its business model. What do you mean by that? So there's different ways that people are paying and and consuming video. Um, Right now, YouTube's been sort of one-dimensional for the most part with just advertising. What
0: other business models should YouTube be implementing?
1: Well, you you have different forms of VOD. And I I think it's giving these tools directly to the creators, um, kind of letting them determine how they want to monetize their content. Uh, If they want to charge their subscribers and how much, and if they're going to charge their subscribers, Mm -hmm what type of content, there's other models to monetize it, does it move after that after that point to advertising? So I think it's just more about options for the creators and it's providing tools, um, helping people create better content. They, they've mm. tried to do that with the studios, but I think there's more tools that can help the regular uh, creator create content.
0: You think YouTube should be Charging consumers to watch certain videos.
1: I think that's an option that they, they, they have.
0: And should be paying creators more. Because YouTube has always been criticized for not paying creators enough.
1: I do think YouTube should be more transparent with their terms and not make it a negotiation. I think every, it should be a level playing ground. Um, part, of, part of the reason of starting YouTube was to democratize video. And to do that, you know, the, the traditional studios Uh, Labels and networks shouldn't get better deals than the regular creator Um,
0: So so. what's a fair percentage?
1: Who knows it's up to them more than 50? (laughs) Potentially, yeah
0: Netflix HBO BuzzFeed Yahoo Facebook's doing native video Twitter is getting into video What is the future of YouTube in this world where? Content original content is king, but Mm -hmm. there are so many places to find it.
1: It's a good thing. It could because it means more advertisers are gonna move their money into online video. I think if all of these big players, Twitter, Facebook and others, start doing online video, well that just means more money for everyone.
0: Susan Wojcicki is the CEO of YouTube Now. Mm -hmm. How often do you talk to her? Do you ever pick up the phone and say, hey Susan, I think you guys should be uh, charging for (laughs) VOD.
1: We trade emails from time to time. But uh, again, I think she's done a great job at Google. I'm sure she's gonna do a great job at at YouTube. Uh, Yeah, We've had a chance to meet from time to time. I hadn't been back to the YouTube offices in a while, uh, went back to grab lunch. Surprised that they, they're continuing to expand their offices. Uh, so it's always, uh, it's always a treat to see that. But uh, no, but just to, to, to speak with her in person, I think she's, she's focused on the right things. And I've told her the same things that I've told you. I think it's, you have to go back to your core. It's about providing tools to your creators. It's about supporting that community. Some of the reasons why I left, I mean, I I felt like I didn't want to stick around to be uh, the token founder. It's going to trot me around and, you know, talk about how we started YouTube. It was about, it's actually about creating tools and and opportunities for people to create better content.
0: You recently sparred with Mark Cuban online who claimed (laughs) YouTube couldn't get anything right. And so you tweeted, registering domain $20, selling domain $1.65 billion. Knowing Mark Cuban is still bitter, Priceless. Yes. How do you respond to uh, the critics who say YouTube had uh, more <laughs> potential?
1: Well, I'm just giving Mark a hard time because he just likes to talk a lot. So a little tweet, and I thought he could take. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, there's a lot of people that have opinions. Um, but for the most part, I feel like people should focus on their own businesses and focus on them creating opportunities for themselves instead of complaining about someone else. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it does come down to jealousy. It comes down to, you know, missing that opportunity uh, that he had with broadcast.com. I mean, he had a lot of the right ideas, but he was just ahead of his time. In terms of the opportunities that YouTube uh, is going to provide or has provided, uh, I think they're only going to continue to grow. The audience is larger than ever. Which means the opportunity for Google is bigger than ever.
0: Do you have a favorite cat video?
1: Well, there are too many. I, too I many. mean, That's I do a have one. a favorite cat video. You do.
0: It's called Surprised Kitty. It's pretty awesome. Where he puts his paws up. Yes, I've seen that you one. know it. You know yes, it. Yes, I know them all. It's estimated that you made more than three hundred million dollars in the deal. Has money and success changed you?
1: I don't think so. I don't know. I I still get up every day, go to work. I just feel like there's still a lot of opportunities to to solve problems and create solutions for people.
0: So let's talk about Mixbit, what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. Where so, is Mixbit today? So it's still a work in progress. I think we're still looking for our small insight that's going to make what well, we're focused on collaborative video work. It's an app where you can invite individuals into a project and everyone can cl- uh, contribute video clips or photos and pick a theme and then we automate the editing process so we'll automatically push all that content together and create something visually interesting that you could share with others um, that you otherwise wouldn't have the time or knowledge to do yourself. And this was coming off the heels of, of me and Steve working together initially on an incubator. We had all these other projects and offices kind of running at the same time. So that kind of slowed things down. Uh, you know, my advice for any startups out there is focus on one thing and do it well. So no incubator. Uh, yeah, I think the team didn't necessarily know who to listen to, me or Steve, when we were coming back in with opinions on things. So, you know, kind of where we are now with MixPit and moving forward, I feel like we uh, have a great chance to figure this out.
0: How hard is it to succeed as a video-related startup?
1: There's just more people using video, more people with devices, uh, more ways that people are interacting with video than ever. And it still remains to be seen how it all plays out, but I think they, they captured people's imagination, and that's the biggest challenge: is rising above the noise and in finding a solution that people kind of have this emotional connection with and actually want to use. Um, so it's always a journey to to find that, and, and if you don't put pressure on yourselves, uh, you know, people ask about you know, replicating success of YouTube. That's not what I'm out to do. It's just, it's enjoying the process and hopefully stumbling across, uh, across that, that small insight.
0: Why not retire?
1: Uh, you certainly could. <laughs> certainly could. Uh, a lot of people can retire, but uh, it, again, life isn't about sitting around, it's about hopefully making a difference, so that's what continues to drive me.
0: What do you think of Facebook and Twitter's efforts in video? With
1: Facebook, they have a feed, people are coming there to consume stuff. I don't know if it's very directed yet, they, They haven't really nailed search. I don't know if people actually go there to search for anything in particular other than look at their feed. So I think they're gonna have to build a more dedicated hub towards video or push people into searching, making that more of a a habit. Um, But auto-playing videos in the feed, I don't really, I mean, they talk about the numbers, but I don't really think that counts as much Mm -hmm.
0: yet. You were at Kim and Kanye's engagement. Oh, yes. They weren't too happy with you afterwards. I don't know why. What, What happened?
1: Well, uh, my friend was in town, and he said, let's go to this thing that Kanye's having in in the city. We didn't really know what it was, and on the way up, we were searching, it's like, oh, it's it's Kim's birthday, so it must be a birthday party. Um, It turned out it wasn't, but I took some video, and I didn't post it until the next day, after I saw quite a few other people had posted photos and videos on Instagram, so I didn't think it was a big deal. I asked my friend and he didn't seem to mind, but uh, after it got out there and, and got a little of attention, uh, then Kim and Kanye wrote me an email. So the rest mm-hmm. is history. Well, they, they sued
0: you. <laughs> yes. So what happened? What was the result of that? Well,
1: they're still suing me. We'll wait to see what happens when this actually airs, but it's been an ongoing process.
0: But you believe you're in the, yeah. On the right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course.
0: Did you have to sign something when you walked in there that you wouldn't share? I don't know what an I'm supposed Indian? to talk about
1: with, this, uh, with the, the legal proceedings <laughs> still going on, but uh, yeah, I did sign something eventually at the end of the night.
0: Okay, but not at the beginning of
1: Yeah, the no. Night. Interesting. Interesting. So we'll see what they have to say about that.
0: You're also uh, an investor in sports franchises. You yeah, bought few. into the Golden State Warriors, a soccer team. Yeah,
1: well, it was just an interest and a great group of people to work with. Um, it's originally when Joe Lacob took over the team with Peter Guber, I knew those guys and I knew that they were going to build a great uh, organization and uh, just being a sports fan and, and also just understanding the, the world of media, uh, sports are going to retain their value over time because advertisers value live audiences and you can't replicate a live event. So, uh, so that's some of the reasons why I got involved. Plus, it doesn't hurt when they're doing so well now.
0: Give me a pinch me moment. Or a couple of, like a moment where, you know, over the last decade you were like, oh my God, that was amazing.
1: We've had a chance to do a few debates uh, on YouTube, uh, presidential debates. Um, there were some surreal moments where you're kind of backstage meeting all of the, the Democratic nominees or all the Republican nom- nominees before a debate and kind of just standing in line, shaking their hands as they go out on stage. It was definitely a surreal moment.
0: So what's next for Chad Hurley?
1: Continue to focus on Mixbit. Uh, we have a great team. I just think there's a tremendous opportunity in the world of video, if you're talking about live, or uh, what we're providing is automated editing and collaboration.
0: What is the myth of Chad Hurley, and what is the reality?
1: <laughs> the myth and the reality. Uh, the myth is that every startup um, has a grand plan, uh, that that we knew what, what PayPal was going to become from day one, or we knew that YouTube was going to be huge. Uh, but the reality is that no one knows, uh, not even me. Uh, all you have to do is, is take a chance and, and uh, put yourself out there, and hopefully uh, what you create resonates with others.
0: Chad Hurley, thank you so much for joining us on Thanks. Studio 1.0. It's been great to have you. Thank you. Thank you.